Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host, Adela Marcy. Now we've got a bit of a special thing going on with this episode, so let's get the part, let's get the um, sponsors out of the way. So the first and foremost, we are sponsored by PurelyHosting.com forward slash Adil. That's A D I L. Go there, get your website, get your hosting. Everything's kind of done quite well for you, and they build a damn thing for you. It's pretty cool. Um, the next is we're actually sponsored by Sharfen.com, C-H-A-R-F-E-N.com. Links will be in the description below. Now, the reason why I'm jumping straight into it today is because our guest, Alex Sharfen, is a badass motherfucker. The guy is absolutely amazing, and I love his work ethic, his style, and how he does everything. It's brilliant. Now, here's the problem. Unfortunately, when we did this podcast and we recorded it a couple of weeks ago, my voice got completely deleted out of it. I don't know how until the very end. So, like, when you listen to the podcast before it was edited, it would just be massive gaps of, like, dead air. So I deleted all that, scooched it all the way down to about 35 minutes worth of podcast listening. It's all Alex with me at the start and at the end. You're barely going to hear my voice except for right at the end and, of course, the starting part. So with that being said, strap in, listen in. We're going to get Alex back onto the show in a couple of weeks' time where we'll have a proper conversation where you guys can listen to the other half of what we were saying. Um, but yeah, guys, have a great time and look forward to speaking. Uh, look forward to hearing your comments and what you're doing. Take care. Oh, thanks for having me here. It's, uh, it's an honor, and I've been excited about this for a while. <laughs> so it's, a, it's, um, it's an interesting journey. So, so if you'd like, I can give you like the thumbnail sketch of my background. Yeah. Yeah, so I have this, I have a unique background. I was born in Mexico, um, moved here to the United States, grew up in Southern California, and uh, I was one of those people who was always different. I, I felt different from the first time I saw other people. Um, I had a ton of support in my family, but school was hard. I had some teachers that helped me get through, but I really did not have a positive experience most of my adolescence. And it wasn't until I was older and really, you know, I started working young. That was the one bright light in my childhood was being able to go to work with my dad and, and working um, and being productive and creating value. And I, I really remember that, you know, uh, Adil, I think it, it, that, that most, most people um, who are entrepreneurs remember the first time they were involved in a business setting and they remember it fondly, right? Like it's protective. It feels right. There's a context. Um, and that's really how it felt for me. And so I, I was always starting businesses. And when I was in my teenage years, I, I started a couple, sold one, um, and then started another one in, in college and actually dropped out of college, sold the business, moved to Florida to, to, as part of a software sale. I went with the software and, um, and worked eight months of a 12-month buyout and ended up in Florida. I was 21 years old or 22. Um, I did not have an education. I had sold my company, so I didn't have a company. I had worked for eight months with a company that I had just quit because things had gone. It was really challenging working with the entrepreneur. And I ended up like with really, I didn't know where I was going to turn. And I became a consultant. And through a series of hyper fortunate events, like I was willing to work for free because I didn't have a lot of options. Um, <laughs> I met this guy, Richard Thal, through a friend of a friend who, who had a consultancy in New York. We opened a Florida office and we went from really nothing to building a, a multi-million dollar business in just a couple of years. And, um, over, over the course of time, you know, that, that, or, that company I owned was, you know, we had 12 offices, we did about a hundred million a year. We rep represented, um, tons of, of fortune 500 global 100 companies and startups, companies like Fuji, Microsoft, TDK, 
um, Samsung, uh, Logitech, Targus. And we sold the companies like Home Shopping, CompUSA, Computer City, Radio Shack, Office Depot, and then internationally too. I had offices throughout Latin America. And in doing that, here's, here's what's so unique. That sounds like a lot of people's careers. But what was really unique about it is that I was in the room over and over again with people like you and I at the hardest times of their lives. And what I did consistently every day from when I got up to, to really when I went to sleep was calls where we were making deals, calls where we were handling issues, you know, um, going to meetings, going to entire days of sales meetings. So where the average person might be in one or two high-pressure meetings per month due to their job, I was in one or two high-pressure meetings before I had coffee every day, you know? And, and so here's what you see. When people are under extreme pressure and you are consistently dealing with the highest achieving people in the world, things get incredibly clear. There is a consistent personality type. There is a consistent way we react. There's a consistent way we look at things. And it looks so haphazard and inconsistent to the outside world because they don't understand us. So, so in a nutshell, that's the background and how I kind of, you know, how, how my team kind of figured out the entrepreneurial personality type. You know, Adil, you know, and, and so many entrepreneurs carry the bipolar diagnosis. Um, and, and you know what? This is actually something we throw away, we throw around now, like, hey, you're being bipolar, right? And, and what so many people don't realize is really two things. One is um, every entrepreneur is bipolar. So yesterday I did an event with, with about 55 people in Destin, Florida, not yesterday, two days ago, and um, Entrepreneur's Workshop. And I, here's what I do. And this is literally what I do. Off of WebMD, I take the clinical diagnosis for bipolar and I tell everyone in the room, as soon as you hear five things that relate to you, stand up. And I read the diagnosis and the, the, the entire room stands up. Here's why. When there's high pressure and noise, we are all bipolar. We're happy. We're up. We're down. We're all over the place. We're guardrail to guardrail. But when we're in momentum, when we're moving forward, when we see our destination, bipolar goes away. ADD goes away. We are more cognitively capable. We're better at what we do. We're different than the rest of the world. And so the diagnosis is for everybody else, not for us. Yeah, I, you know, and, and let's unmask this whole bipolar thing. So let's, let's, take, let's take down bipolar, Tourette's, ADD, ADHD, uh, depression, manic depression, mania, all that crap. Here, here's what that's a diagnosis for. Go read, go read all of the list of symptoms. It's a diagnosis for someone who is restless, can't sit still, wants to move forward, uh, is driven to move forward, sees outcomes, wants to make things better, wants to ask the question, can't just stop, is driven to go forward. And when they respond to constraint, right, when we're held in place, we are cognitively challenged. We get dumber. We are physically challenged. Our bodies break down. And we are chemically challenged. We start throwing off cortisols and adrenaline and all kinds of other things that actually put us into a fight or flight and lower our ability to make decisions and be aware. And so the diagnosis of bipolar, the diagnosis of depression, the diagnosis of ADD is a situational or environmental diagnosis. But it's never presented that way because you can't get somebody to buy $3,000 worth of drugs per year for a situational or environmental diagnosis. And, and once we get somebody addicted to something like um, you know, speed, 
or, or a psychotropic drug or um, an SSRI that changes your brain, brain chemistry to where you get off of it and you can't see straight anymore. Any one of those things change who we are. Yeah. And here's, you know, let's, let's kind of lay this out for everyone. Cause you know, you've, you've seen a lot of, of, of our stuff and, and I know not all your listeners have, so let's kind of give them the, the, the foundation for momentum based beans. Um, you know, my, my theory is that, that guys like you and I, you know, entrepreneurs, and, and by the way, there's just as many women as men, but, but our personality type that has been overlooked by modern science. And I want to make that clear. Like, I believe that modern science has missed. They have missed our personality type dramatically. And, and as a result, there's all kinds of systems and processes and, and what we call solutions in the world that don't work for you and I. Because the rest of the world recognizes the difference between happy and sad. And, and, and it, you know, I, I know you and I do. There's enough contrast in happy and sad. But there's no difference between confused, frustrated, irate, angry, conf- you know, fr- uh, ticked off, pissed off, mad, and just plain irritated. And the, and the problem is, is when we look at all of those things, it confuses us. And here's what I know. The language of, of you know, cognitive disorders, you know, ADD, ADHD, all that does is raise pressure and noise. All of us are momentum-based beings. We recognize three states. When we're moving forward, everything gets easier. You just said you're smarter. That, what was the statistic you used? When we're moving forward, we're actually five times as capable? Well, I'll just give it to you in dollars. In, in the years that I'm flow in my career, I create billions. And in the years that I'm not, I only create millions. And that's real. You know, and, and not for me. I don't want anybody to think I'm saying I'm a billionaire. I don't want to misspeak. But I've, I've created billions of dollars in value for the companies that I've worked with when I'm in flow. And when I fall out, everything is tough because there's two other states that we exist in. And, and the, so the first one's going forward. In momentum, we are in flow. The second one is a momentum-based being. The other way that we exist is when we are going backwards. We're pushed backwards. Life shows up. Things, you know, get in our way. But here's what's so interesting. When things get in our way, that's when we show up. I, I know that for me, when, when you know, things have really challenged my wife and I, that's when we make dynamic changes. We, we, we come to the table. We make things happen. Isn't it the same for you? And when you look at that, we end up in this place where we're, we're pushing ourselves backward. We end up not being able to do what we're supposed to do. But then you do show up and you make, you make it happen. Were you able to pay the rent? Right, right. So you figured out a way to, to make, so, so you created a miracle. Let's be honest, because it wasn't there before. You looked into the future, you created it, you made it happen. That's what we do as entrepreneurs. Now, the third state that, that makes us really challenged and the one that, that we cannot exist in is when we're held in place. And, you know, I share this and I'll share this with you and with everybody else just because the conversation kind of came up. You know, when we're held in place, here, here's what I, I've observed and here's what I know based on what entrepreneurs have told me. And here's what I know based on you can actually see clinical evidence that when we're held in place, we are cognitively challenged. We're not, it's not just that we're not as smart. We're paranoid. We start making bad decisions. Our awareness goes down. We go into fight or flight. We panic, right? And, and so... And, 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 and the problem is, is that every entrepreneur knows that they've hit that time in their lives where everyone was sus- suspicious. You were in constraint. You were held in place. And when we're held in place, our bodies break down. We start producing cortisols. 
adrenaline. We go into fight or flight. We can't breathe. Our breathing is only in the top of our lungs. Our heart rate accelerates. Our muscles carry tension. We get drained. We start doing things like chronic fatigue and we start hearing things like adrenal fatigue. And, you know, we, we can't sleep. We have insomnia. Then we sleep too much. Our bodies break down from constraint. And then the third one, and this is, I think, the most important, we have a chemical sensitivity to constraint. If we face constraint for too long, it will create the symptoms of cognitive disorders. So if you have constraints too long, you, you know, your normal restlessness, your normal drive to perform looks like ADHD. If you have constraint for too long, your normal drive to get something done and then calm down and have a period of relaxation afterwards starts looking like bipolar. If you, you know, you're under constraint, your normal excitement for life looks like mania. You know, under constraint, your normal ability to be a visionary now looks like somebody who's seen things. And so anyone who carries one of these diagnoses, you know, understanding how to remove constraint in our lives, how to lower pressure and noise, how to improve things for us, that's how we move forward fastest. Remember, you know, all of those things, it's situational or environmental. So, so yeah, we, yeah, okay, I got you. So we, we explain that in, in, it's kind of four, four, four parts of an equation. Um, it seems like there's, there's six because pr- um, pressure and noise, protection and support, those are one thing. So, so here, I'll explain it to everyone. We call this the contribution equation. And, and Dale, before we get into this, let me just tell everyone, I'm a capitalist. And, and you've heard me talk about money several times. And, and I don't apologize for wanting to make a lot of money. And I don't apologize for having made a lot of money. Um, and, and for helping people make hundreds of millions a year. Because what, what I know is that capital flows to contribution. And, and unless you get governments involved or regulation involved, because then capital flows to BS. But if, if you, it, right, you know I'm right. In, in, a, in, a market, in a market with minimal, you know, with, with the right types of, of rules, capital flows to the greatest contribution. So when people say, oh, so-and-so shouldn't make so much money, I always think you're an idiot. It's flowing to contribution. You just don't understand the contribution. And so the contribution equation is how does every entrepreneurial personality type have their greatest contribution. Because here's what I know greatest contribution means. It means you've made your debt in the universe. You've changed lives because that's what entrepreneurs are capable of. It means that you've made a a tremendous amount of money and you've become affluent and you're comfortable because that's important. Entrepreneurs need to feel safe and secure. That's where we really create the foundation to go change the world. And if you make your greatest contribution, that's why you're here. I think that if we look at the fact that every human being is different and every entrepreneur in some way hears in the back of their mind that thing that says there's something more important, there's something bigger, you should do more, you should be more, you know you hear it, right Adele? And it only, and it only gets louder. You know? Contribution. Yeah, it's your contribution. And, and so, you know, when I, here's, here's what you just said leads into the contribution equation because here's the first step. It's four steps. So step one, and, and, you know, we joke with entrepreneurs that this is the meaning of life, but we're not joking. So, so, um, so look, first, first step is lowering pressure and noise. And, and so here, you know, if, you write, if you're writing anything down, write down lower pressure and noise. And so here's what that means. Pressure and noise is anything that creates operational drag or constraint in your life. Anywhere there's ambiguity, anywhere where there's that lagging, nagging question, anywhere where you know you need to do something but you're not doing it, here's the difference between yesterday and today. 
you need to understand that lowering pressure and noise in your life, you have a moral obligation to lower pressure and noise because as it comes down, your awareness goes up, decision-making gets better, clarity gets better, you see the right path and you're able to make your contribution. And here's what we mean by pressure and noise. It's anything that creates operational drag. So health and finances and looking at where is it in your life that bothers you right now. Now, here's what I don't want anyone to ever do is like take a list of 25 things and say, which one of these bother me? Because that is the, that's the, that's the way of like actually creating pressure and noise, right? The question is where, what's, where is pressure and noise in your life? And be honest, because if you're not healthy, that's a constraint and it will hurt you. If you don't know how much money you have and there's ambiguity around money, that kills people like us. And then we always, we, we say, you know, lower pressure and noise by looking at where are you spending your five currencies? Cash, time, effort, energy, and focus. So if you keep those in, in track, then you move forward. The second part of the equation, you lower pressure and noise, you increase protection and support. So, and here's what we mean by protection and support. Entrepreneurial personality types have strengths that should be protected. We're good at things, really good at things. We, we perceive unique connections. We draw parallels that people don't see. We create things that most people wouldn't. So we need protection around those. We need people to let us do those, to, to create the atmosphere in which we can do that. And that's what a team does. And then uh, the support aspect is we need support in pretty much everything else. And so when I look at a producing entrepreneur, a founder, the entire purpose of their team is to lower pressure and noise and increase in protection, protection and support. And the, the exchange there is the founder does the same for their team by providing a job and a place to work with a culture and all those things. But let's make it clear. The most important thing, person in the business is the entrepreneur. I think a lot of people miss that. Then the third part is strengths and abilities. So you lower pressure and noise, increase protection and support. Your strengths and abilities just naturally go up. You already said it. It makes us smarter. When we are in flow, when we ask for protection and support, when we know where we're going, when we're in momentum, we're cognitively smarter, we're physically more capable, everything gets easier, so we want to get there. And then here's the last part of the equation. Lower pressure and noise, ask for and give protection and support, your strengths and abilities increase, and you can make your contribution. And that last part, making the contribution, here's how it all ties together. If you lower pressure and noise and increase protection and support, your strengths and abilities are such that you will start to do better. You will start to become more successful. You will start to move forward. And, and here's what I want everyone to think about. If you look at that four-part equation, every theology says the exact same thing. Lower pressure and noise. You guys have heard it. You hear it more like this. Um, don't eat certain things. You know, don't eat pork. Don't, don't do this. Take this, take this Sabbath off. Um, don't sleep with your, your, your neighbor's wife. That increases pressure and noise, right? <laughs> um, and so, so you look at every theology. It's a list of rules for lowering pressure and noise. And then what every theology also says is increase protection and support. How do they say it? Ask for help. Help your fellow man. Uh, take care of each other. Don't, don't judge. Uh, move each other forward. You are a community. You're together. I mean, we've heard this in every theology. Strengths and abilities will go up. Here's, here's what they actually say. If you lower noise in your life and you do the right things, you increase protection and support with the people around you, you will actually get to the point where you are gifted. And then what does it say in every theology? If you do those three things, you can make a huge contribution, change the world, and be who you should be. You can actualize. And every famous, like anybody you and I have ever respected has said the same thing. They call back from the end of their careers and they say, hey, do it earlier. 
slow down, do less, focus more. You know, don't do dumb things in your life that make it hard to get through because life's hard enough. Lower pressure and noise. And they say, ask for help and tell people around you transparently, right? And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's this message that we hear over and over again. And it's the fastest way to get the contribution. And it's interesting. Yeah, it's contribution. And, and it's, it's the golden rule. Right. Treat other people like you want to be treated. But I think that the thing that's missing in, in so much of what's out there is this part, lower pressure and noise. I love it. And, and you know, when you, it's, that's leverage. You've created, you know, you're, you're, you've created this, this, uh, this demand. You feel the demand, you know, and, you, and that gives you leverage. And when we ask for protection and support, it really does make our lives easier. Since you've started doing that, doesn't it kind of give you a higher level of awareness of what's going on around you? I think that's like every, every young entrepreneur. It's interesting. I, I, I kind of hear something in that. And, and I, want, I want everyone to hear this because I think it'll be good for your audience. Um, I actually posted a video on this. If you're an entrepreneur, it's really hard to buy time if you sell your time. You know, and if, if you're only selling your time. And here's what I mean by that. I don't care what you make an hour. Because I've heard people say, well, you don't understand. I make $1,000 an hour. Well, you know, I'll share candidly. I've made $10,000 an hour. Crap. I've been on home shopping and I've made $100,000 an hour. That doesn't matter. What matters is, do you have a business where if you don't show up, money still comes in somehow? Or are you the only driver of income in your business? Because if you're selling your time and there is not leverage, it's hard to go buy other people's time. And so, you know, what you just demonstrated is you're getting contracts, you're handing them on, you're taking a finder's fee. That doesn't have to do with your time. That's a transaction. You move on, you make money. Um, you know, building that into a greater team and, and finding an assistant who can help with the logistics. And, you know, over time, you're no longer just selling your time. You're, you're multiplying it like crazy. And then you can buy more time and leverage. Um, you know, I think I've, I've posted a lot about having friends who have, who have become incredibly wealthy in this lifetime. And what I've watched consistently is the one place they will invest money is in buying back their time. And yeah, and, and it, when, we, when we stop selling our time and when we create a foundation in business, we increase awareness. And, you know, I, I, I often say I unapologetically call on the most important people in the world. And, and my, I, my market is the most important market in the world because I, I call on the subpopulation of entrepreneurs. And throughout history, the entire human race has only moved forward through the efforts of entrepreneurs and most of the time unsupported entrepreneurs. I think that, you know, we take this very short view today of, of the word and we apply it to a business context, but the way I see it is throughout history, anyone that you and I remember, anyone whose name is worth remembering was an entrepreneurial personality type. The first person who went over the wall, the first person who went over the hill, heck, before there was a wall and sold something and said, can we do this? And the first, you know, philosophy and math and writing and all of those things were people just like you and I who are driven by momentum to go forward and had to keep making new things and wanted to help the world. And so the irony is this. Every one of us has felt like we were a party of one, like we were completely different, completely isolated, and there was nowhere to go get help. And, and I know if you're listening to this podcast, you're like me and you've been there. 
And, you know, we were taught from a very young age that we should be like that because we were in environmental situations where we weren't allowed to find people like us and we weren't allowed to find the ones who, you know, people who we really would understand. And so we were convinced repeatedly we were alone. And there's this equation that the world does today, you know, uh, restless, can't sit still, gets really happy, gets really sad, doesn't really have emotions like everyone else, doesn't react like everyone else, that that's a broken person we need to medicate. And the fact is that history proves that restless person doesn't learn like everyone else, sees the world differently, has too many questions, can't stop going forward, is brilliant. And we've, we've yeah, Da Vinci, Thomas Edison, uh, Benjamin Franklin. I mean, Benjamin Franklin, or Thomas Edison was kicked out of school because his family was told he was retarded. And his mom homeschooled him. And so the genius of the century was kicked out of school. That should tell us everything we need to know about the social systems we have today. We're having a different discussion. Here's, here's the deal with Edison. Like, let's not have the Tesla debate, but let's look at this. Did he have the innate motivation of, a, of, a, of an entrepreneur? 10,000 10, tries to make a light bulb. What would we do to him today? Can you imagine the 911 call? Uh, officer, I need you to come over. There's this guy blowing shit up in his garage and he's done it like 4,000 times. He needs to be locked up. And I think that what we see is, you know, um, great entrepreneurs had to overcome a lot, but somewhere they got support. And if you look at every single one of them, it, you cannot find an entrepreneurial personality type that became successful on their own. It doesn't happen. I share with everyone I can, you know, uh, entrepreneurial personality types accomplish nothing on their own and nothing standing still. So start contributing to other people, working with other people, create partnerships, alliances, whatever you can, and do it fast. Because the faster you start building the mutual contribution between people like us, the faster you move forward. And if you've, you know, if you, you, you don't trust this, you're challenged by it, you're, you're thinking about it, here's, here's what all of us need to do. Do business with people you like. Do business with people who feel right to you, that connect to you, who, who say the right things. And if we do business with people we like and we call in a market that we're in love with, we can do business forever and never feel like we have to retire because you don't work a day in your life. And it creates a ton of momentum. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think, in, and that's an important thing for us to all understand is that you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are workaholics, but then there's a lot of entrepreneurs that they love what they do so much that they wouldn't envision doing anything else. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, I'm like that. I, I, I love what I do. You know, my kids come into the office. We, we have a ball here. And, um, you know, sometimes when we're on vacation, like my wife and I turn to each other and say, gosh, I really want to go back and spend time with our team. I think, you know, that that's one of the ways to set up our lives so that we can be successful forever. But, um, understanding how to get there is tough. And, and I think that, you know, I, I was just thinking there's one, one, you know, section of, of our content that I'd love to share on this call because so many people, and I, and, and Dill, I think this is, this is, it's good for your audience because I think most of us today, and, and you coach people and you work with people, so I know you're talking to them, maybe you'll agree. I think the vast majority of, of, of the population, especially entrepreneurial personality types, ask two questions most of the time. The base level questions are, and on our directional questions, right? I think we ask, what is wrong with me all the time? But we ask, the base level directional questions are, what do I do with my life? Or what am I going to do with my life? And what do I do today? 
you know, and I think that you can you can hear it in entrepreneurs like discussions. Oh, I'm just getting it figured out, and you know, we we've got this thing that we're doing and this launch, and it's coming, and you know, and and it's like, what am I going to do with my life, right? And what am I going to do today? And it's so hard to make that tactical connection. So what I want everyone to hear is don't those questions hurt you? Don't ask those anymore. We we share lenses. So so we think that entrepreneurs need to have perspective. Einstein said everything was relative, and I think that that equation shows us that we need to look at the world in a relative sense. If you walk around all day saying, "What am I going to do with my life?" and "What do I do today?" You are going to be like the countless people that we all see that have a ton of motivation to go nowhere. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, the people we all know that are so busy that if they would t- stop telling everyone how busy they were, they would get things done. Right? Like they, they're just running around like all the time. And, and it's that question, those questions of where am I going to go today? What do I do with, you know, and, and we get into this really like in, into a place where we can't see the forest through the trees. And, and I think, you know, if you work in our industry at all, you know, you realize that there's this huge population, this huge market of people who are just looking for how do I get to the next step? And, or how do I just get out of where I am? Or how do I just move forward? And I think it's so much easier than we make it. So we train or we, we, we train our team. We teach our, our coaching clients. We, we write in our books. There's, there's two directional lenses I think we should all use. We should ask ourselves, where do I want to go someday? Like for me, one of ours is the name Sharfin is synonymous with entrepreneur. That's a big one, but we know a lot of things happen if we get that. Then we ask, what can we do in the next 90 days? Because 90 days is all you really know as a business owner. It's 90 days. And then we take those two directional lenses. We take the 90-day one. It's measurable. We say we want to get 15,000 leads in the next 90 days. Then we say, what are we going to do each 30? Those are calculated. So we have two directional, one calculated. And then here's the key. For people like us, perspective is everything. And there's two lenses through which we understand who we are, what we're doing with intention. The first one is the weekly. So once a month, we look and we're looking at those goals. We're tracking them down. But each week, when we have seven days in our mind, we sit down and jot down a few notes in a weekly report. What went right and where do you need support? I don't want you to ask questions like, where did I screw up? Where did I, you know, where could I do better? All that stuff. It's, here's the questions. What went right? Where do I need support to move forward? If you write down what went right every week, you have a totally different perspective of your life, not just your week. And then if you ask every week, where do I need support? You can't run away from the fact that you can move forward with leverage and with the right tools and with the right people around you and it will build you as an entrepreneur. And then the last lens is daily. You know, we're more reactive today than we've been at any point in time in history and to kick out of that reactivity, to get rid of the adrenal fatigue, to to get back to a good chemical balance, to be able to breathe again, wake up each morning before you go to any type of a lens, before you look at anything that's gonna you know, distract your mind and cause reactivity, Sit down and write your intention for the day. Look at, your, you know, think of what meetings do you have? What are you doing? What do you really want to have happen? And if you look at it that way each morning, you know, you create the to-do list as well. But here's what's so important. You know, to-do lists are for getting things done. Intentions are for changing your life. And if we look each day and say, what am I going to do today that gets me to my bigger goals every morning? And we do it in a system where we use lenses to build the structure I just talked about. We see entrepreneurs 
not just take off, but here's, here's the exciting part. They start building teams. They start working with people, inspiring people, changing other people's lives, creating companies that give back. Heck, we've got one of our coaching clients in, in uh, gosh, I think it's Oklahoma. Yeah, I think it's Oklahoma. Um, his entire business has now been converted to a charity, and it's running only to give money away because he has enough to retire, but he's decided that he's now going to go fix a bunch of things. So we see this all the time. And, um, you know, you use these lenses and life changes because when people like us have perspective, we change the world. History has proved that it's true. Mm, this is a good question. So right now, coming out of this call, how do you create momentum? Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, I really like that. Um, okay. So first off, I think the number one thing for entrepreneurs is when we understand ourselves better and we are in a community of people who are like us, it makes it easier for us to do everything. Would you agree with that? So I'll share with everyone my one of the communities I belong to. So in 2013, I joined Joe Polish's Genius Network. It's $25,000 a year. And um, it put me in a group of people who are exactly like me and I, you know, with this personality type and it's completely changed everything. So one of the things I would encourage everybody to do is I'm not going to tell anyone to spend money. I'm not selling anything, but go to Facebook and join our Facebook group, Entrepreneurial Personality Type, because here's, here's, here's what I want you to have, not just like writing something down on a sheet of paper. I want you to have a community of people like you. And what you'll find is if you go there and you start reading the comments, you're going to go, holy crap, all these people think like me. Heck, I would have answered that way. I would have said that. And I want you to understand that you're not so different and, and, and you know, isolated and all of those things. You have this massive community. So that's number one. The second one is, you know, I, I want every entrepreneurial personality type to be in momentum. So here's, here's one of the most damaging things we do. We walk around and think. Like, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? What am I going to do next? What will I eventually end up with? And so many of us, one of the biggest issues I see today is that so many of us are asking those questions to our own detriment because we're asking the question instead of moving forward. And here's what I want you all to get in really good, like in touch with is this. In our lives, when we pick any destination that's progressive, any destination that's constructive, and we move towards it with passion and with a group around it that's, that's contributing and we have perspective, we're keeping score, that's when we always create momentum. I'll say it again. To create momentum, here's all you need. A, a really compelling outcome, people around you that you're contributing to and they're contributing to you, and a good scoreboard. Because every time you've had that in your life, that was your period of momentum. And so getting off of this call after you join the entrepreneurial personality type group Pick a destination that sounds good to you, not the one that you think the whole world wants and not one that you think needs to be perfect because here's what I'll tell you. I've coached hundreds of entrepreneurs whose initial goal was to make $100,000 or buy a Ferrari or have a 10,000 square foot house or whatever it was or you know, start a business or what, any, you throw it out there and on the journey to whatever that was, that thing became insignificant and the life changes that they were able to make made everything else in their life better. So just pick a destination and go. And then the last suggestion coming off of this call is that when we feel momentum, we should hold on to it and keep it going. So sit down and, and look at that big outcome that you have and choose like what are things that I'm going to focus on in the next 90 days. And, and here's what I just pray for all of you and, and, and ask you all to do because if you 
take one action within one hour of listening to this, you will change the trajectory of what you're doing in your life. Every entrepreneur is capable of greatness. Every entrepreneur is capable of changing the world for they are the only thing whoever has. And you, if you're listening, have the personality type. Even if you doubt yourself, even if you don't think you do, even if you're still questioning whether this is really you, the fact that you're here and listening is confirmation enough for me. So pick an outcome. Go at it like crazy. Things will work out. Do it faster and sooner. We accomplish nothing alone and nothing standing still because the best thing that can happen to the world is that every entrepreneurial personality type drives to their greatest outcome and contribution, and that's how we make things better. I hope it was okay to mention that. I, I, I know I, I hate selling on these things because I don't want anybody to ever feel like I'm pitching them, but I want to support everyone there. You know, what's, you know what's really cool about that group? Like, here's, here's what I was hoping would happen. Um, so first, I'll share something, Kenny. Like, it's, it's very hard for me to do those videos because I'm used to having production and a camera and, and holding the camera out and just being me with a camera is very weird. But it's gotten a great reaction. And, but here's what's even better. Like, people are really supporting each other in there. And, and people are sharing ideas and, and 20, you put an idea in there and you're going to have 25 people telling you how to, how to, how they can help you, how, what they'll do for you, how much they're, they respect it, how excited they are. And, um, and I think that that's what it's all about, man. And, you know, we support each other. Like I tell everyone, we're all in this together and we go forward faster if we do it together. Massively and scary the level of entrepreneur in there that asks for support and help. <laughs> That's what's powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just again, I'll, I'll speak to you about this in a moment. But guys, just to wrap up very quickly, take Alex's advice, go do it. Because if I keep talking right now, you forget it. Just go do what he's literally told you go do. Go do that now. Um, head over to sharfen.com, um, which is C H A R F E N.com. Um, reach out to Alex, I'm sure uh, you'll. Get in touch with him somehow. The guy's always doing some crazy good stuff. Go to the group, join up, and yeah, that's all I can say. Alex, any final words that you want to say before I end the recording? Yeah, I want every entrepreneurial personality type to know one thing. It doesn't matter what diagnosis or symptom or, or label or things been said at you or insult or whatever it was. It has been overcome thousands of times by people like us. And if you have the outcome and the contribution and a way to keep perspective, you can get there. It doesn't matter what anything one's ever told you or how you felt. You have the most important tribe in history, and there is nothing wrong with you. Awesome. Write that down, people. <laughs>